Hey there, Star Hunters. Aaron Moss, a.k.a. Brother Head, coming at you. I guess I'll still call you guys Star Hunters, even though I'm only covering Starman. But that's another story entirely. Well, actually, that is a story. Anyways, uh, welcome back to the Starman Adventure Show, episode number 36. Uh, This month, we're looking at the books that was released in November of 1990, which again was Starman, issue 30. Uh, the cover date on this was January of 1991. The on-sale date was November the 27th, 1990. Cover price was $1. This issue was entitled Paved with Good Intentions. This was written by Len Straczynski, penciled by Dave Hoover, inker was John Nyberg, letterer Robert M. Piana, colorist Tom McGraw, and the cover was Dave Hooper, and the editor was Katie Ming. And this issue is the first part of four of a storyline called The Seduction of Starman. This is part one. So again, as I think I've talked about previously, due to comments from elsewhere on the internet, over on Facebook, uh, I've been, someone said that the way I I, uh, give a synopsis for the issue and then the way I cover the issue, I'm basically doing it twice. So following his advice, I've kind of stopped doing synopsises. And I'm just going to go through and give my thoughts on the story and the synopsis at the same time. Please, as I've said, let me know. Uh, write in and let me know what you think. I enjoy hearing from you guys. Uh, you can either write in to smah at headcastnetworks.com. That's Star Man Adventure Hour, which was the original name of the show. Uh, I've kind of changed it just as I talk about it, but it's still on the feed is the same thing. Uh, you can also call and leave a message on the Headcast Network voicemail. That phone number is area code 559-500-3182. Again, the phone number is 559-500-3182. Leave your message on what you think, and I'll play it back on the air. Uh, So let's go and get started with this actual issue. We're going to start with the cover, and we have, again, our Starman logo. In the very front, we have Starman, and it looks like he's on fire and he's holding a little kid with a uh, something tied around his neck, maybe an ascot. We'll know from the story itself it's actually a cape, because he was jumping around being Superman. Uh, behind him we have a gentleman and a woman. At this point we don't know who either of these people are, but we'll find out very shortly. Uh, again, Starman, even though he's got no pupils to his eyes, he, he's looking up and you can tell he's very upset, very saddened. By the fact that he's holding this kid in his arm, so we can pretty much tell the kid's either dead or severely injured. It's a great cover. I really like this cover. It kind of it brings out a very emotional response. It's just very, I say, you feel sorry or saddened for Starman uh, seeing him in this pose. So I think it's just great. So our story itself starts out Flyman, Flyman starts out with Starman flying into uh, a city. Well, outside the city, it looks like it's a development that's being currently developed. And he's talking about how the real estate agent said that he might have to commute a little. Uh, he didn't think he'd be in the next state. And he's like, I can't believe I'm still in the city limits. <laughs> so apparently Starman's looking for a home to settle into still. And he lands behind a, what's that called, a scoop truck. And he changes his clothes and changes his face. And he talks about how the agent told him the subdivision was a steal. And, but he's looking how it looks like it still needs a lot of work. And as he's trying to find the, the guy in charge, 
He sees a little boy that's on the cover. He's got a red cape on, standing on a, a wooden box. And, start, and uh, Will's like, hey, Superman, before you take off, can you tell me where the manager's office is? And he's like, up, up, and away, as he jumps off and lands on the ground. And he tells him where he's like, two houses down, turn left in the trailer. And so, so Will's like, because they start, man, Will's like, thanks, so Superman, your favorite superhero? I guess so. I like Batman, too, because he gets out late. And Will, again, he asked the unfortunate question, well, about Starman? He lives in Phoenix? Yeah, but he doesn't have a cape. Capes are cool. <laughs> and as Will wanders off to find the manager's office, he's like, a nice kid, but no taste in superheroes. <laughs> and I love, you know, whenever, you know, someone's talking about a superhero, and like, what about so-and-so? Meaning themselves, and like, who? Or, hey, he's not that cool. Like, oh, thanks. There goes my ego boost. <laughs> and so Will finds the manager in the trailer. And again, it's not a very personal guy. Will's like, hey there, are you the manager? Yeah, what of it? And uh, Will's like, I'm here to see about running a townhouse. I was told there's vacancies. You heard wrong. Everything that's finished is occupied. There's an open model look at number three on the corner. And again, the guy doesn't want to get up and do anything. He's busy drinking a, a soda or a beer or something. I can't say it's cola, but I, I like to tell myself it's a beer just because he seems that type of guy. Cancer across the floor, smoking a cigar, watching a, a show of some sort with a girl. Uh, looks like, well, maybe she's nude. I can't quite tell. But so Will, you know, excuses himself uh, to go look at the place. And as he's leaving, the kid comes in and tells him that there's something funny, something smells funny, and you should come look at it. And again, the guy is so not wanting to be interrupted, you know, watching a show. He's like, ah, whatever. And so the kid shows Will around a little bit, and he's like, uh, so how about Mr. Ranston? Is he a good manager? Ranstead? He barely managed to change the channels. Do you smell anything funny? And Will's like, no, because as we know, Will doesn't smell anymore since he became Starman, so... He's not quite smelling what the boy smells. And the kid's like, I smell something. It's probably the sewers again. They're always backed up. And he gets it back on his box. Up, up, and away. And Will's like, yeah, you know, I don't think he needs to stick around here any longer. This place, you know, basically it's a junk. It's probably better than what they had before, but I'm going to go back to the real estate ads. And he changes back into Starman and flies off. And as he flies off, again, we get the manager getting up and he's complaining about how with these people it's always something. Can't wait for a show to get over with. His soap. So he's watching a soap opera. That's what it was. That's why the gal looked like she was barely clothed. But, uh... <laughs> and again, he says, you know, basically ignores their complaints so they stop. And we come up upon the lady from the cover, which is, again, the little boy's mom. And she's complaining how she smells something. And again, I will say, uh, borrowing a word from a friend of the network, the irredeemable shag, uh, the little boy's mom is hot. Uh, she's very, they've drawn very nicely here. The wind's blowing in her dress as she's hanging her laundry. It's just, it's a very nice image here on page, where am I at? Page five. It's a nice shot of the guy. He's talking to the mom and she's hanging her clothes like, I don't smell anything. He wants you to stop complaining. Everything's fine. Maybe it's a little sewer gas. And the kid's out climbing on sewer pipes, and we hear a sss coming from somewhere. And uh, the guy's lighting a cigarette or cigar or whatever, and he's listening. He can tell he smells something. He's saying, you know, the place reeks. They need to clean it for the city inspector to show up. And all of a sudden, he throws his match into the, the water. We're going to call it water there, which explodes. And here on top of page six, we get Starman up in the air as the, the ground's exploding, just large explosion. He's like, what's that? An explosion? Uh, again, I like this image here. Well, it took me just a second because his hair looks a little off. I think it's because he's got longish hair and he's kind of jerking his head around. So the hair's kind of flying up as, as the ground explodes below him. So he flies back down to find help the people. I like this here. He creates a fire break to stop the fire from spreading to any other houses. And as he's doing so, he's trying to find the people and he sees the manager come running up on fire. So he, he wraps himself around the manager and pets him out. And he's like, the boy, 
Where's the boy and his mother? They're back there. They're both back there. The gas. They smelled gas. And so Will's flying around trying to find the boy and his mother. And finally, we see Mom come running down the street looking for her son, whose name is Tommy, find out here. She's like, Tommy, Tommy, where are you? And Will's telling her, well, get out of the fire. I'll look for him. And she tells him that he's playing by the bulldozer. He's playing where the fire's at. And as Will flies in, he's like, it's hot as hell there. Everything's burning. So Starman flies in trying to find him. And all the buildings in this area are almost burnt down already. He comments how nothing should be fireproofed. He breaks off a couple of sprinklers, letting up some, some water to help put the fire out. But there's not enough water to put all this fire out. Again, as we're going to find out, this place wasn't constructed too well. And as he flies out looking for the boy here on bottom page 10, again, we get an extreme close-up of Starman's face. And it's kind of like the, the image from the cover, except for instead of holding the boy, he's finding the boy finally. And he's like, no. And he just, the look on Will's face. He, Dave Hoover did a great job, in my opinion, capturing the, the horror and the, the terrified look on Will's face as he sees uh, the boy. And unlike the cover, we don't have him holding the boy, but here on page 11, another great image of Starman on the ground, on his knees, bowed down, holding the, the Superman cape that the little boy was wearing in his hands. And I don't know, I think this may make it a little worse. This is a splash page. There's fire behind him and in front of him. The fire's all around Will. And again, he's not holding a body. All he's holding is just the cape for the little boy. So, I, I don't know, I just, I personally, maybe it's just me, maybe being a father has changed me, but uh, being a grandfather, but just seeing Will holding the, the cape that just a few moments ago, Goy? a few moments ago that this little boy is running around pretending to be Superman, being pretending to be invincible and vulnerable, and, and all Will has to hold on to is, is this cape. It's just a very, very sad, very depressing scene. I know it's supposed to be, in quotes, a funny book, but I think Dave did a great job drawing the emotion that this panel, this page needs. It did a great job on it. And about this time, the police show up, and they're, they're willing a body away on a stretcher. Uh, we don't know if it's the, the kid or the old man. We can't quite tell. We're too far away. We have the mom, you know, oh, Tommy. And Will's apologizing, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I couldn't help anymore. And then when the firemen show up, he's like, what's taking you guys, what took you guys so long? And he tells, oh, far, we got here as quick as we can. We're 10 miles from the nearest firehouse. And he tells, and the fire chief, or whoever this is, tells Will that, or Starman, the place has been a fire trap since they started building it, uh, that they shouldn't have let people move in until they had full facilities. And Will's Starman's like, what are you talking about? And the fireman's like, well, what does it sound like I'm talking about? This whole fire never should have happened. Look at these, two, two fire hydrants and a whole subdivision and almost no water pressure. Flammable building materials everywhere. Take a look at this stuff. Burns like a match and as brittle as balsa wood. It wasn't even sprayed with flame retardant. And Will's like, so you tell me someone made this place unsafe? Someone built this to burn? And he's like, not really. It just wasn't ready to be occupied. And about this time, uh, a guy pulls up and gets out of the car. His name's Mr. Hart. Uh, this is the other guy from the cover. On the cover was Mr. Hart and Tommy's mom behind Will. And Mr. Hart gets out of the car and says, yeah, he takes full responsibility, he apologizes. And he said, these people have paid for his mistake. And then Will, <laughs> here, page 14, Starman grabs Mr. Hart and lifts him up. You did this? Who the hell are you? And we find out his name is Reginald Hart. He owns the place. And Mr. Hart's uh, chauffeur comes up and, let go, Mr. Hart, let go. And he tries to push Will away. And, and Starman's like, I'm not in the best of moods, buddy. You want a piece of me? Come get it. And as the butler, or the butler, sh sh chauffeur comes at Will, Will just socks him, knocks him down. But before anything else can happen, because again, the, the chauffeur and Starman's about ready to get into it. And again, 
Apparently this guy doesn't know who Starman is. He doesn't stand a chance against him. But luckily for the chauffeur, uh, Mr. Hart gets up and tells him, you know, no, there's already been enough trouble today. And he says, you know, Starman's got a right to be upset. And then he gives a sad story about how these people begged him to let him move in. He knew he shouldn't have let them, but what could he do? They were begging him to have a place to stay because they had no place else. But he shouldn't let him move in early. And and so he's he's taking responsibility, but he's saying that, you know, he didn't have a choice, that these people begged him. He knows he should have held off, but what other choice did he have? Couldn't let these people stay on the streets. And on this page, Mr. Hart even has like a little tear in his eye as he's telling a story to Will, how, you know, he's, he's building Hart's filled estates for low-cost family housing, those in need, subside mortgages, reduced rent. But it's all destroyed now, and he's got to rebuild it. And he tells Starman how he's envious, how Starman actually has power. He can actually do things where whatever Hart does, you know, it's got bureaucracy, it's got red tape, his hands are tied. Things move at a snail's pace. And he, but you, you, know, you, you can take real action. And here on the bottom of page 16, this nice panel of uh, Starman in silhouette, his head down, he's like, I couldn't help them all today. And his heart's getting in his car. He's like, we have that in common, my friend. We can share that grief. He's like, come see my office. We should talk. We have a lot in common. And again, here on bottom page 16, on the opposite side of the, the panel, Starman silhouette, we have Hart driving away. A fireman watching is, is Starman's just like, I did my best. Because again, Starman is that very much that everyman character. He's kind of like a, a Peter Parker type for the DC universe, if you will. Before Kyle Rainer came around. One thing that I and a lot of other people like about Will is that he, he's he's got that. He wants. To, I don't know if he wants to. He has to take on the burden of responsibility of guilt, uh, even though he did his best and he was limited because of the way things went down. He still blames himself for not doing enough to save the little boy. Uh, but then the next page, he flies into the uh, Hearts Tower. And I like this. He flies up and knocks on the window on the upper story. And the receptionist there is like, uh, you have to go through the elevator downstairs. These windows don't open. And I was like, oh, sorry. Uh, there goes my grand entrance. <laughs> so Starman has to ride up in the elevator like an ordinary peon. And we don't see that scene. We just see the elevator opening with Will standing there. I would love to see him standing in the elevator, standing next to somebody else, some businessman or a uh, guy pushing the mail cart or something. It's Starman sitting there waiting for the elevator to get to the where he's going. <laughs> and here we're introduced to uh, Mr. Hart's charitable trust work. The gal that handles that, her name's Alicia DeHaven. And uh, she says that, you know, that she has to run, but she wants to run some uh, input by him. So Mr. Hart takes Starman to lunch. And Hart's explaining his plans for the futures that, you know, he hopes Hart Plaza is successful, but he wants to help the needy. And that's why he set up his charitable trust to build homes, create jobs, and so forth. And basically he's trying to talk Starman into doing a partnership with him so they can both together make a difference. And as they're doing so, we see these two jackalopes robbing an armored car, uh, one of the guards is tied up in the back as these two guys with like Uzis or something, machine guns or something. Again, I'm not a gun guy. Go running down the street with a bag of money in their hand. And again, I love the these characters, the, these uh, characters, a way they show bags of money on these. They've got a dollar sign on them just to let you know this is not this isn't someone's lunch. This is money. <laughs> again, it's very classical comic book uh, interpretation, shorthand for money. And Starman flies out of his seat to take off after the bad guys. And again, these guys apparently don't know who Starman is because they start shooting at him. He heats up the gun, causing him to drop him. <laughs> and he picks up the two guys and flies off. He's like, now drop the, drop the bags of those guards and stop squirming. I might drop you. And as Starman flies these two guys to jail, Hart's watching on like, that guy's a natural. I could turn him into a telethon. And then we cut to Will sitting at home talking to his mom. And he's saying, you know, how Star, I'm sorry, how Hart uh, said a lot of stuff that rings true with them, things that, that mean something to him, that things that 
he's thought about and that teams up with heart, he can do a lot of good. And again, his mom, now that she's accepted the Starman and all that drama's behind him, uh, she's kind of the voice of reason. She's like, well, it sounds admirable, but are you sure you Starman should lend his name to a single charity? Hey, what do you really know about the guy? And again, it's one of those where, you know, uh, the main character thinks he knows best. He thinks he knows what he's talking about. And mom's doing what she can to try to get him to see the light about things and, and take things with a reasonable approach, just a ca- uh, cautious approach. And then Will says that he's going to call Carol to see if there's any work she can throw his way. Again, I, I still say Carol... Again, I'm, I'm not a fan of superheroes telling everybody their identity. Uh, that's one of my complaints about all these CW shows. They've got Team Flash, Team Arrow, Team everything, Arrow, Team Batgirl. Everyone's got to have a dozen people helping them, and they're telling everybody their name. But having said that, I, I kind of wish Will would tell Carol who he really is and, and why he's been such a, I guess, flake, in lack of, for lack of a better word. And she basically tells him, well, yes, I will hire you again. Be here at 9 o'clock in the morning. And she's going to give him another chance. And, I, and again, I forget offhand what's happened with these two. But I'm really rooting for Will and Carol to get together. I don't think that happens. Or if it does, it doesn't last very long. And I don't think he tells her his secret. But I, I could be wrong. Again, it's been decades since I've read these books. So... I don't know, we'll see what happens. Let's keep reading. Uh, so anyway, so we'll ask her about, you know, do you know a guy named Reginald Hart? And she says that, you know, she'd give her eye teeth, which is an old person saying at this point, but uh, she, she'd give her eye teeth to make a presentation to him. She's like, why, do you have a contact in his operation? He's like, yeah, I think I do. A real hot contract. Continued next issue. As he's sitting there looking at the card for Alicia DeHaven. So... Again, I love Starman. I, I love what, like I said, the artwork on this is fantastic. I, I love what uh, Len Struzinski is doing on the book as far as writing goes. Like I said, I had some comments about Dave Hooper. Hooper, I keep wanting to call him Hooper. Dave Hoover, Hoover at the beginning, but I, I really picked up and like his artwork. I don't know if it's quite as good as what we originally had, but Dave is coming to his own, I think. At this point, uh, again, he's not on every issue, but we've got Dave back, and I think Dave does a good job for what he has. But that was Starman, issue number 30. Uh, what do you guys think? Let me know. Send me an email. Uh, give me a call and let me know my voicemail. Again, that phone number is for the Headcast voicemail. Area code 559-500-3182. Give me a call. Let me know what you think. I can read it on the air. Uh, also, check out our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash headcast network. Leave a message on there. Send us an email to smah at headcastnetwork.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Copper Comics. Comic Rack. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. The Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour will be back after these messages. You are receiving a transmission from the Rod Pod. Upload pending. Stand by for soundtrack transfer. I am Maggie. And I am John. And we are trapped, hurtling through space in a ship shaped like Rodimus's head. The ship, for reasons we haven't been able to determine, contains the entire run of the IDW Transformers Phase 2 comic. <laughs> which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons. So we figure we may as well read them all in order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by. Upload complete now.
Rod Pod. Look for us at marriedwcomics.libsyn.com, at iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found. So, uh, till all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. Booster? Hey, bro. Gah! Bats! Booster! Together! Wow, well, this is great. This is just awesome. You never said you and Booster were friends. <laughs> it never came up. A consummate professional like you, friends with a dilettante like Booster? You're both my friends, okay? You're more of a work friend, and Booster is more of a fun friend. What's more fun than fighting crime? Ooh, he's got you there. Hi, this is FKA Jason's son again. I just wanted to take another minute of your time to tell you about his podcast, Silver and Gold. He and his buddy Roy Charlemagne Clary celebrate the DC Comics characters Booster Gold and Captain Adam, issue by issue, and blah, 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 blah. Listen, the real reason you want to listen to the Silver and Gold is their Throwback Thursday episodes, because I'm the star of those shows. Dad and I review the Silver Age Captain Adam stories published by Charlton Comics in the 1960s. You can find the Silver and Gold podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also follow Dad's Splitting Adam's blog at CaptainAdamBlog.com. We all know the real reason you'll be tuning in is to hear me criticize, uh, I mean, celebrate the Silver Age Captain Adam in our Throwback Thursday episodes. I can't believe Dad roped me into this. Searching for silver and gold If you're alone When you grow old You'll never find comfort in silver and gold in 2014, two comic fans joined forces to do a Doom Patrol podcast. As there was no Doom Patrol comic series at the time, they called it Waiting for Doom. That was us, me, Mike, and him, Paul. In 2016, DC Comics became fearful of the power of Waiting for Doom and sought to appease us by bringing the comic back. Uh, that's not exactly how it went. In 2018, terrified of the sheer horde organising power of Waiting for Doom, DC Universe announced a Doom Patrol TV show. Uh, I think they were planning that without us. In 2019, they again brought back the Doom Patrol comic, hoping we would not smite them. Uh, th this makes no sense. In 2021, they realised we were the most unstoppable force in existence and released the Doom Patrol movie. Uh, this is pure fantasy now. In 2022, a terrified Motion Picture Academy awarded the Doom Patrol movie every single Oscar, including Best Documentary and Foreign Language Film. That, that's enough, Paul. Look, we just love the Doom Patrol and have fun talking about them. You can find us on all podcast places and now Spotify. And check out our website, waitingfordoom.com, or we will wipe you out, all of you. Welcome to... Comics, Comic Rack. This is the section of the show where I look at what books came out during the month that this book was out on the rack, on the floor. Uh, again, so we're going to take a look at the books that were on sale in November of 1990. Uh, this isn't all the books. These are just the books that I either was either buying or reading or have some sort of connection to me. So starting off, we're going to look at the NAM number 52. Uh, this was written by Roger Salaik and penciled by Mike Harris. This issue, the reason I'm mentioning this, it was The Punisher was in this one. It's called The Punisher Invades the NAM. I don't remember if I picked this one up. I was reading almost almost all the Punisher's books at this time, so I if I saw it, I would have. But again, it's been... Oh, so many years ago, so I don't remember offhand. But that was the NAM, issue number 52. Next up was Action Comics 660. Uh, this one here was called, the de The cover said, The Death of Lex Luthor. Uh, we got the Grim Reaper with a Superman emblem on his chest. We get the old fat Luthor with the, the metal hand on the ground in front of 
the Grim Reaper. Uh, this was, like I say, Action Comic 660. Also this month was Adventures of Superman 474. Uh, this one here, this was part uh, during the Triangle Era. I see the triangle on the cover. In fact, was this the start of the Triangle Era, maybe? Just looking here, and I think it was, because Action Comic 660 does not have the the triangle on it, whereas the Adventures of Superman 474 does have the triangle. So this Adventures looks like it was the start of the Triangle Era. I love this era of Superman. Uh, this one here was kind of a uh, written in pencil by Dan Jurgens, ink by Art T. Bear. Fantastic team. I love Dan Jurgens' work. Uh, the cover was by Dan Jurgens and Art T. Bear. This one here, if I'm not mistaken, was a uh, a look at Superman's past, actually Clark Kent's past, and a tragedy that was like I think it was a drunken friend that got in an accident or something. Uh, again, great story. Great era of comics. For more on Superman, check out the uh, From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast. My friends of the network, Michael Bailey and Jeffrey Taylor. They're looking at this entire run of Superman, doing a great job at it. Also this month was, uh, let me see, there was an Alienation comic. Uh, oh, there you go, Alpha Flight number 92. I believe this was a Billy book. Again, this was uh, the cover had Vindicator, sorry, Guardian versus Vindicator. If I'm not mistaken, that was the husband and wife on the team. Uh, good cover. Again, I'm sure I read this one. Again, I think this was a Billy book. But again, first time listening in, I guess you should explain that. Uh, growing up, I had a friend named Billy Tevenin who we used to read comics together. Uh, for a while, I would buy some, he would buy some. We'd trade back and forth and let read each other's books, save us a little money. Uh, eventually, we stopped really hanging out as much, and I had to buy my own. Happens that way. <laughs> so anyway, so that's the books I referred to as Billy books, books that Billy had picked up. Uh, next one we'll look at here is Amazing Spider-Man 343. This is being written by Dave Michelini, and art was by Eric Larson. Uh, this was, I forget what happened before this, but it's Spider-Man busting in on... Uh, who is that? Tarantula and a couple other villains. So I think this is right after the the uh, Cosmic Spidey arc. Yeah, in fact, it was reprinted in the Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection, Return of the Sinister Six. Okay, so this is a new Sinister Six, I guess. But uh, I think this was right after the Cosmic Spider-Man arc. Uh, also this month was Amazing Spider-Man... Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Animal Man number 31. This would be written by Peter Milligan. I was still reading this, but this was when it started getting a little more weirder. Uh, it seemed like Pete Milligan was trying to do a Grant Morrison on it, and I was reading it still, so it wasn't too far off, but it was slowly working out of my rotation. Uh, a bunch of Archie books, as always. Uh, other one on sale was, event oh, for more on Animal Man. Uh, pay attention to the Headcast Network. At some point in the future, when I get some free time, I may start covering Animal Man somewhere. Moving on, Avengers 328. This is being written by the great Larry Hama. Uh, this cover has Rage, along with the other Avengers on the fronts. Again, I liked Rage. Rage was a young kid. They got powers and turned into an adult overnight or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Again, love Larry Hama. So again, Larry Hama and Avengers, great, great time. Also this month was Avengers Spotlight number 40 on the Vision. And this looks like it was the White Vision. So this was after the uh, West Coast Avengers storyline where they tore the Vision apart, if I'm not mistaken. Also it was West Coast Avengers number 66 with Ultron on the cover. Again, Ultron was always coming up in those books. This is written by Roy Thomas. And also Danette Thomas, which I'm assuming probably is his wife. Uh, also this month, uh, there were some Barbie books, which I don't really care about. My son would have loved them. Uh, Batman 458. Again, this was, yeah, Alan Grant and Norm uh, Brayfogle. Uh, not a huge Norm Brayfogle fan. He's hit or miss with me. I know it's probably blasphemy to some people, but I said it. Uh, for more on Batman, there's several Batman podcasts out there. I'm not sure if Ryan Daly still has his uh, Batman podcast. 
Also, I know Michael Bailey's done a Batman podcast. So there's several Batman podcasts out there, of course. Uh, also, this month, let me see, there's some Betty and Veronica books. Of course, there was. Uh, moving on, there was Captain America number 381. Uh, this had Paladin and what was her name? Diamond, I believe, or Diamondback. I forget the girl's name that Captain America was involved with. She was a bad guy for a while, and uh, she eventually rolled over to the good guy side. This was being read, written by Mark uh, Grunewald, who did a fantastic job, in my opinion, on Captain America. And I think this was part of the Streets of Poison storyline, where Captain America had the super soldier serum pulled out of his body because he was saying drugs are bad, yet he was a hero that was made from drugs. So he decided to get rid of him. Uh, also this month was Captain Adam number 48. Uh, this has the Red Tornado fighting with Captain Adam and some biplanes flying at him. Uh, this was called The Hunt for Red Tornado. Again, Captain Adam, I was reading this book. It was a great series. I, I loved Captain Adam. Uh, for more on Captain Adam, check out the Silver and Gold podcast, if it's still being published, by friend of the show, Jason Jones. Uh, also this month, there was, let me see, some Cerebus books, which I never read. Heard it's supposed to be a good story. I never read Cerebus. Uh, Checkmate number 33. This is entitled Endgame. Uh, I believe this was, I want to say this was the last issue of the book. Uh, for more on Checkmate, check out Task Force X by yours truly here on the Headcast Network. Also this month, we had... Count Duckula number 15. I wasn't picking this up, but Count Duckula is one of those that it makes me chuckle every time I see it. Uh, I believe I saw that when we got HBO. I think I first saw Count Duckula, and then I saw the comic. So it just makes me chuckle. Also this month was Daredevil number 288. We get the kingpin with uh, Bullseye, and it's, the cover says, Whatever Happened to Matt Burdock? Again, Daredevil was a great series. I, I love this run of Daredevil. I was reading this. I was reading a lot of these books. Uh, the Demon, number seven. That was being written by Alan Grants. Again, another great title. I don't remember what's happening in that book, but I remember enjoying reading it for the most part. Uh, Detective Comics, 624. Uh, this was written by John Ostender. Huh, I recall that. Ours by Flint Henry. And I believe that they were trying to do some retro covers here is what they were doing. Uh, this was uh, some woman calling herself Catwoman's Revenge on the cover. Batwoman or Batgirl was behind him on the cover. Interesting cover. I don't remember the story offhand, but uh, it's Batman. Also this month was Detect, Detect? Dr. Fate number 23. Uh, this was, again, written by J.M. DeMatteis. And this was when it was Eric and Linda Strauss was forming Dr. Fate. Again, I love this run of Dr. Fate. I think James DeMatteis did a great job on it. This was when, uh, for a while, Linda Strauss was the the uh, main person in charge, I guess, of Dr. Fate, and Dr. Fate became a woman. Uh, again, I guess nowadays these people would be calling it woke. But anyways, Dr. Fate, great book. I may have to talk about that at some point. Uh, Dr. Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, number 25, was out. Being written by Fabian Nikesa. Again, I don't remember if I read these or not. I, Doctor Strange is one of those that are hit or miss. I'll read his book for a while, and then I'll stop reading it, and then I'll pick it up again later. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Doctor Strange. I like him better when he shows up at other people's books temporarily and then leaves. Though I enjoyed his first movie, and I haven't seen the second one yet. I hope to see it soon. Also this month, Doom Patrol number 40. This was being written by Grant Morrison. Uh, this was still interesting. I still prefer what uh, Paul Kupperberg was doing earlier in the run, the first 1920 issues when it was a superhero book. Uh, Grant Morrison took over, and he started doing a lot of weird stuff with it. Uh, it was interesting, but again, I'm more of a... I, I wasn't into... This was pre-Vertigo, I believe, but the start of Vertigo. Uh, and this kind of what led to Vertigo. I didn't mind. In fact, this is... a. Uh, Doom Patrol, the TV show is kind of based on a lot of Grant Morrison stuff. The very weird, very wacky kind of stuff. Also, for more on Doom Patrol, check out Waiting for Doom podcast. By some friends of the show from Down Under. 
also on sale this month, we had Excalibur number 33. Again, this was another Billy book. Been written by, this was being written by Chris Claremont. Another book that I didn't buy, but I was still enjoying. I'd read Billy's and I'd be happy with it. Uh, moving on from there, we also have Fantastic Four number 348. Uh, this was being written by Walt Simonson. Penciled was uh, Art Adams. Had several, a couple of inkers, Art Tiber and Alan Milgram on it. Uh, this was part of the new Fantastic Four, where Wolverine, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and, and the Grey Hulk made it to Fantastic Four because the original team was gone somewhere. Great story. I love this this alternate Fantastic Four team, if you will. I thought they did a great job on it. Uh, moving on from there, Flash number 46. Uh, it looks like Flash is fighting Vixen with Gorilla Grodd in the background. So apparently Grodd was controlling somebody. Again, I enjoyed The Flash. I thought it was a great book. I really, this was the Wally West Flash. I was loving it. Also this month was G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 108. Uh, this was, again, up in the, the last quarter of the book, I guess. Because it was, uh, something like that. Math. It, there was only 155 issues for this first run, so this was 108. So it was a couple years to go still. So uh, been written by Larry Hama, had Snake Eyes on the cover with Cobra Commander. In fact, I believe this is the issue before uh, people start dying in the book, which is an odd and great turn. And just we'll get to that again for more on G.I. Joe. I think there's a show somewhere on this very network called G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Uh, currently, we're up to issue like 42, so we'll get up to this 108 eventually. Uh, moving on from there, Ghost Rider number nine. Uh, again, looks like he was fighting X Force or X Factor. Who was this? I can't tell from the cover offhand. It was with Iceman and Archangel and, and Beast and all of them. I think they're calling themselves X Factor at this point. Uh, from Ghost Rider, we move on to Green Arrow number 41. Again, this was being written by Mike Grell. This was the darker, grittier Green Arrow. He was using real arrows instead of trick arrows. A good run. I loved it. I read it, enjoyed it. For more on Green Arrow, check out Friends of the Show, Darren and Ruth Sutherland. They have Warlord podcast. They have, uh, oh, I'm sorry, guys. They've got several different shows, and one of them covers Mike Grell's books. So definitely check out them. Uh, also, Green Lantern number eight. This was with uh, Al Papupapu, whatever his name was, and where he was going insane, and the cover shows uh, John and Guy and Hal on the cover, like, what the heck? And looks like a bunch of dead Guardians around him. Uh, this was part of the, the insane Guardian storyline, if I'm not mistaken. Also, Guardians of the Galaxy number eight. Uh, this was a futuristic Guardians of the Galaxy. This isn't the Guardians of the Galaxy you see in the movies. This is what I wish we got in the movies, but it's not. But there are some some remnants from this. Yondu's in this book, and one of his ancestors was Yondu in the current Guardians of the Galaxy movies, played by uh, Michael Rooker. Again, I love this Guardians of the Galaxy book. It was fantastic. Definitely recommend it. Moving on from there, there was Hawk and Dove number 20. Again, Hawk and Dove, another book I love. Uh, this would be written by Barbara and Carl Kiesel. Again, I love Hawk and Dove, a couple of my favorite characters in the DC Universe. As I said, somewhere down the line, I'm going to have to cover Hawk and Dove, too. I just love that book. Uh, Hawk World number 7 was also out. This is being written by John Ostender and Timothy Truman. Again, this was the revamped Hawkman where they had the metal wings. And again, it was a great storyline. It's just DC messed up by setting it in the present instead of having them come in the past or something. But anyways, I'm not going to complain about that. Again, it was a good story. Moving on from there, we also have the Incredible Hulk 377. This was the new Incredible Hulk being written by Peter David. This was, I believe, when... The start of the Professor Hulk. This was when uh, Peter David had the Hulk merge. Leonard Sampson came and, and tried to help 
the Hulk. And I'm just looking at the covers real quick. And yeah, I want to say this is when the Professor Hulk started. This was the birth of him, if you will. I love that. I love the Hulk in general, but I love that run of the Hulk when he was the professor. I just thought it was a great job. Great storyline. Uh, that also birthed the Maestro, who's got a comic more recently for Marvel. Definitely check out Peter David's run on the Hulk. Great story. Uh, also with Iron Man 264, uh, written by John Byrne and penciled by John Romita Jr. Uh, this is Armor Wars 2. I'm pretty sure I read this. This is like, before I started actually picking Iron Man up, I want to say. But I, I think I want to say I probably read that one. I'm not sure, though. Uh, moving on from there, Just League of America number 46. Uh, this cover, this is a Keith, Keith, a Keith Giffen and Jay Mateus uh, story. Uh, we got the cover of Guy is reading a General Glory comic. Also this month was Just League Europe, issue number 21, written by Keith Giffen and scripted by Gerald Jones. Uh, again, it looks like it's a moon day or something, or maybe it's a holiday issue, because, yeah, okay, it's not moving. It's It's got the Just League Europe with a bunch of packages around them. Also this month was Just League International Special number two. This was focusing on the Huntress. And also Just League Quarterly number one, uh, featuring the conglomerates, which is kind of a rip of the Just League issue one cover with all of them on the front looking upwards. Again, I enjoyed the, I was really enjoying and reading the Justice League at this point. Great run of books. Uh, for more on the Justice League, Justice League, check out Friends of the Show, The Irredeemable Shag, and his JLI Wahaha podcast. Monthly on the Fire Network podcast. Oh, also this month, Legion number 91. Try that again. Legion 91, number 23. The title of this one was called I Durlin by Alan Grant's. Uh, I loved the Legion. I didn't care for it so much when it rebooted into Rebels. But I was enjoying this part of the Legion. Uh, spoilers briefly, I guess. This was, I think this is when they reveal that the Durlin goes to the future and switches spots with uh, a Phantom Girl who comes back and becomes FaZe. And he goes off to become... Uh, J.M. Brown, or the guy his name is, that, that helped found the Legion. So, a great book. I was really enjoying the Legion 89, 90, 91, blah, 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 blah. Uh, moving on from there, there was Dark Knight, Legends of the Dark Knight, number 13. This was, this storyline was called Prey. Uh, it looks like Van, uh, Vandal Savage. That looks like it's probably, um, Hugo Strange maybe in the background? I'm not quite sure. It's been a while since I've read this. Again, these were out of continuity stories for the most part. I enjoyed it. Uh, next was Legion of Superheroes, number 14. Uh, this was the Tom and Mary B-bomb. Beer bomb? Uh, Legion, the five years later, Grim and Gritty Legion. I was enjoying this Legion run also. Uh, this was my first Legion in quotes. Uh, also was Lobo, number three. Being written by Keith Giffen. Uh, Lobo was a good book. Lobo was one of those that was an interesting character. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I liked him for quite a while. Also this month was Mark Spector, Moon Knight, number 22. Uh, looks like uh, Moon Knight's on the cover, facing against a maybe called Chainsaw. This is being written by Chuck Dixon. I was reading these books at this time. Uh, for more on Mark Spector, Moon Knight, check out the Disney Plus TV series, Moon Knight. A lot of people didn't care for it. Uh, I thought it was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Uh, but it did get a little odd at times. Uh, also this month was Marvel Comics Presents 67 and 68. This had a Ghost Rider story in it. Uh, let me see. This one had Wolverine Ghost Rider, a Fantastic Four, and a Spider-Man story. And 68 had, again, the Wolverine Ghost Rider along with Shaun of the She-Devil and Fantastic Four. Again, this was their weekly book that was an anthology title. Uh, very good. I enjoyed Marvel Comics Presents. Uh, that was a good... Uh, it's an interesting title. Uh, Marvel Tales featuring Spider-Man number 245. This was basically a reprint of earlier Spider-Man stories. 
Uh, moving on from Marvel Tales, we move on to uh, Mighty Thor number 428. This was uh, Thor getting in between, uh, what's his name, Captain Britain and the Wreckers. So again, uh, let me see, written by Thomas De DeFalco. Again, I'm pretty sure I was reading Thor at this point, and I was enjoying it. Again, Thor is one of those that I'll read for a while, and I'll enjoy it, and then I'll, I'll kind of fade out of it. It loses my interest at times. Uh, next, we have Mr. Miracle number 23. This was uh, had the new Mr. Miracle. This is when, apparently, uh, what's his name? Norman Shiloh took over as Mr. Miracle. I wasn't as big a fan of him as I was the uh, Scott Free Mr. Miracle, but that's just me. Also, as a, a mention, I'm going to mention Mighty Mouse number four. I missed this when it came out, but this has a an homage to the Crisis on Finna Earths uh, issue seven or eight, where Supergirl died and we had Superman on the cover. This has Mighty Mouse on the cover holding a Mighty Mouse girl, whoever this was. And the bottom cover, in fact, it said, this is it. Mice is on Infinite Earths. <laughs> so again, this was an homage to the uh, Crisis storyline. We had Namor the Submariner, number 10. Uh, let me see. I was reading Namor at the time because, again, I was reading almost every DC Marvel book out there. Uh, this was written and drawn by John Byrne. Also this month was New Gods, number 21. Uh, New Gods is another one of those that's hit or miss with me. I don't remember if I was still reading New Gods at this point. That's one where I'll, I'll read for a while, then I'll stop, and I may pick up again later just to try it out. Also this month, uh, I actually had one of these. I remember which title it was. But New Kids on the Block, Hanging Tough, number one. I thought I mentioned it there just because my wife is a big fan of New Kids on the Block, so I had to mention that one. New Kids on the Block, Hanging Tough. I think I had one of the New Kids on the Block comic just because I had an addiction and I had to buy things. <laughs> also, New Mutants number 97. This was part of the extension agenda. Uh, this was New Mutants. This was when New Mutants was ending, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, they ended at 100. So this was near the end of that run. I was enjoying New Mutants. I was enjoying most of the mutant titles. The uh, Executioner song I enjoyed. I know it's not for everybody, but, you know, it is what it is. Also this month was the new Teen Titans number 72. This was Death of a Hero. This shows Deathstroke on the cover with, uh, oh, I forget the bird character's name, and Aqualad's on the cover. Again, this was the beginning, or near the beginning, of the Teen Titans hunt, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, in fact, I'm just looking at the previous covers. Actually, yeah, it started last issue, the Teen Titans hunt. So yes, this was... Part of the Teen Titans hunt. I love the storyline. I don't care what anyone said. I, I love this version of the Titans. This was being written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Tom Grummets. When they started the Titans series, this is what I wanted. Not that that atrocity that we got on TV. I know people like it. I don't. Anyways, moving on from the New Titans. Uh, new Warriors, number seven. And again, New Titans. I may have to cover that some point in the future. A lot of things I want to cover. Jesus. Uh, also, New Warriors, number seven. Uh, new Warriors was another book I was picking up for Marvel. It was a bunch of young heroes. Had Speedball, Firestar, uh, a bunch of other characters. Nova, a bunch of other characters. And a great book comic. I am enjoying that. Uh, I enjoyed that, sorry. For more on the new Warriors, friends of the show, uh, I forget now who's doing it. If it's Jared or Pat or one of the guys over the Longbox Crusade. I think it's Pat and Delvin. Not Pat. Jared, sorry. Jared and Delvin, I believe, is doing the new Warriors podcast. Uh, definitely go over to the Longbox Crusade and check out their shows, especially their new Warriors one. Great show, great guys. Also this month was Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, this had the thing on the cover. Uh, I don't think I was reading this at this point. Uh, again, Nick Fury is one of those that I read for a while and then drop in and out. Also this month, this month was Nomad number three. Uh, I was enjoying Nomad. This was Captain America, one of his Buckies, had grown up and became his own hero. Also this month, Power Pack number 61. 
Uh, this was a Billy book, I believe. I think I may have read these just from Billy's copies. Uh, for more on Power Pack, check out the Power of the Power Pack. I'm really messing that up. Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack uh, podcast. I know there's a podcast on them. I think it's called Unpacking the Pack of the Power Pack or something like that. Look for it, guys. Come on. Also, this month, I talked earlier about the Punisher. We have the Punisher 44, the Star Spangled Burner. Uh, again, great. I loved Punisher. This was during my Punisher phase. Uh, also, this month was Punisher the Prize number one and Punisher War Journal number 26. I was definitely reading these books. Loved the Punisher at the time. Also this month, Quasar number 18, being written by Mark Grunwald. Another Again, I love Mark Grunwald. I thought he did great on Quasar. Uh, for more on Quasar, check out the Quantum Cast. Quantum, Quantum Cast? My friend of the show, Gene Hendricks. Uh, again, I haven't listened to podcasts in quite a while just because I'm too busy, but when I was listening, that was a great show. And Gene's a great guy, so definitely check out Quantum Cast if he's still doing it. I'm not sure at this point. Uh, moving on, Robin number one. This was the first issue of his series, or was this the miniseries? I can't tell from the cover. Okay, this was his miniseries. Yeah, this was the first issue of the miniseries. Uh, Robin finally got his own series after I don't know how many decades. But it was good. I enjoyed Robin. It was a good book. It was a good miniseries that ran into a regular series eventually. So uh, definitely good. Robocop 11. I wasn't buying this, but I'm just mentioning because it's, it's Robocop. I love the movie. Also this month was, uh, moving on, Shade the Changing Man, number seven. Again, this was being written by Peter Milligan. This was a... Shade, I talked about him over on my Task Force X podcast when he was a member of the team. This was after that. He returned to Meta, and I, I never did quite fear. I think this is supposed to be a different Shade than what we read about over in Task Force X. I was reading this. Again, this is one that I read for a while, and it just got too weird for me. So I kind of dropped it and, and went on to Greener Pastures, as it were. I'm not saying it's bad. It just wasn't for me. Uh, moving on from there, we have the Sensational She-Hulk, number 23. This was the Steve Gerber and Buzz Dixon book. Oh, Buzz Dixon. I talked with him over my G.I. Joe podcast. Great guy. Uh, again, for more on She-Hulk, check out the upcoming Disney Plus series. Hopefully, uh, She-Hulk looks good so far. Also this month, Silver Surfer, number 45. Uh, that's got Mephisto and Thanos on the cover. Uh, I, again, Silver Surfer is one of those I read on and off. I'm not sure if I read it at this point. I'll remember. Also, Spectacular Spider-Man 172. This had Spider-Man versus the Puma, written by the magnificent Jerry Conway. Also this month was Spider-Man number six. This was the, the Todd McFarlane book, the just Spider-Man. Uh, it was issue six. This was before he ran off and joined and help fanged, fanged, found, help found image. I guess that's the right word of saying that. Uh, also, this month was Star Trek number fifteen, and also Star Trek: The Next Generation number fifteen. I wasn't reading these, but it's Star Trek, so I would mention them. Also, this month, the book we talked about today, Starman number thirty. Moving on from there, we have Star Suicide Squad number forty-eight. This has the Joker and Batgirl slash Oracle slash Barbara Gordon on the cover. Uh, great story. Uh, we're on issue 42, I believe. We just finished up with 40, 41, 42, 43. Just did issues 42 and 43 last week. So uh, a couple more months, we'll be up to this storyline. Also this month was Superboy number 12. Uh, this was The Adventures of Superboy. This was based on the TV show. And this is penciled by Kurt Swan, who's a classic, uh, an old-time Superman artist. Also this month was Superman number 51. Uh, this was part of the triumph covering, it looks like. Uh, this had some guy called Mr. Z in it. I remember him, but I don't remember much about him at this point. Uh, written by Jerry Ordway. Again, fantastic artist and writer. As I talked about, for more on Superman, check out From Crisis to Crisis. Blah, blah, blah. I've talked about them. 
Uh, Swamp Thing 103. Uh, I was enjoying Swamp Thing. It was a good series. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures number one. This was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Meet Archie. I didn't get this one. This was the, the Archie version of the Turtles meeting Archie. Uh, looks interesting. Also this month was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures number 17. This is the more cartoony adventures of the Turtles compared to the, the original black and white Turtles, which looks like it's not out right now. Looks like they had stopped at its point. Uh, Terminator number four. I think I probably read this one. Against the Terminator. Another out here, Teen, Tiny Toon Adventures magazine. I didn't pick this one up, but I did pick up some of those type of books. Just because, again, I have an addiction. Transformers number 74. Again, if I'm not mistaken, this was nearing the end of the run of Transformers. For more on Transformers, definitely check out uh, Friends of the Show over in the Long Box Crusade. They've got a Transformers podcast over there. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I forget the name of the show. Uh, also, I know that uh, a friend of the G.I. Joe show, Hoover Jeremiah, he's got a Transformers podcast looking at the cartoon called Four Million Years Later, if I'm not mistaken. A couple of great Transformers podcasts uh, looking at different versions of Transformers. Check them out. Moving on from Transformers, Uncanny X-Men 272, part of the Extinction Agenda, written by Chris, Chris Claremont, penciled by Jim Lee. Great book, as you can tell. Um, Web of Spider-Man, number 72. Again, this was being written by Daniel Fingeroff. David Ross was the penciler, so did a bunch of different artists on it. I don't remember this one offhand, but I was reading Spider-Man books and I was enjoying them. So, you know, I couldn't tell you what this one was offhand. I definitely recommend it. Uh, what If number 21. This was What If Spider-Man had married the Black Cat instead of Mary Jane. Again, I was reading the Spider this What If series. I, I love What If. It's a great series. Again, for more on What If, check out the Disney Plus TV show. Uh, what the number 10 it was kind of a comical look at comics uh, it was an anthology type book it was enjoyable who's who in the DC universe number 6 this was part of the loose leaf binder uh, this had Hawkman on the cover again for on who's who check out who's who in the DCU over on the fire and water podcast network Wolverine number 35 and also this month that was been written by Larry Hama of the great Larry Hamas also was a Wolverine annual Bloodlust number two. And I was enjoying the Wolverine books, so definitely check them out. Uh, Wonder Woman 50, a 50th anniversary, written by George Perez. Uh, again, I was enjoying Wonder Woman at this time. X-Factor number 62, part of the Extinction Agenda. Uh, the cover says Final Strike, so I'm sure that was the end of the sto that storyline. And also X-Men Classic number 55. Again, this was a reprint of the earlier X-Men books. Looks like this one reprinted X-Men, sorry, Uncanny X-Men 151. But anyways, those are the books I'm going to mention for this week's of Cop Comic Comics Rack. Uh, go ahead and take a look, see what you think. Let me know what you think. Did you like the same ones I did? Did I miss anything that I should have mentioned? Let me know. But you know what? We're nearing the one hour mark. Uh, actually, with commercials, it's probably over one hour. So I'm going to let you guys go. Until next month, when we look at Starman number 31, remember, Star Hunters, keep looking to the stars. Thank you for listening to another great episode of the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. Please join us next month for another great, fantastic episode as we cover another issue of the Will Payton Starman series and the Mark Shaw Manhunter series. Uh, keep in mind that these podcasts are not affiliated or endorsed by DC Comics. I'm just a fanboy who loves these comics and wants to spread these love with everyone else out there and just talk about them. Um, again, you can email us at smah at headspeaks.com. 
Oh, you go to our blog, which is at starman-manhunter.headspeaks.com. You can also go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash starman manhunter adventure hour. No spaces, all one word. But once again, thank you very much for joining us. Until next episode, this is Aaron Moss saying, see you in the funny pages.